I just gotta do what I gotta do. I ain't gotta lie, I ain't mad at you. I just wanna win in different avenues. So please miss me with the attitude. Please miss me with the attitude. Please miss me with the attitude. Yeah. Alright, hey guys, welcome back to Block Channel. Uh, we're really glad to have everybody back this week. Uh, we're going to be talking to a very, very, very intelligent, intelligent gentleman, excuse me, um, who I actually have had the pleasure of meeting on multiple different occasions, so I've confirmed that. Uh, and, and I've met him, and he's also really funny, so that's also a great sign of intelligence. So I'm glad to have him on the show today. Uh, Ryan Shea. Um, <clears throat> and I'm also joined today by Corey Petty, of course, my co-host, Dr. Corey Petty. Corey Petty from the Bitcoin Podcast. Host number three, always happy to be. So, uh, yeah. So, of course, like as I said, we're joined today by Ryan Shea. And so, without giving any more introduction to him, we're going to go ahead and let him do that for us. So, Ryan, go ahead and just give us a quick background on yourself, sort of like your education, where you're, where you're from, and like how'd you end up on here today? Hey, Stephen. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Uh, so, I, I majored in mechanical and aerospace engineering at Princeton, did a lot of work in computer science. Uh, I ran the Princeton Entrepreneurship Club when I was there. I was always really interested in entrepreneurship uh, and starting companies in technology and software development. And uh, I was starting a, a bunch of different initiatives on campus then and doing summer jobs at startups. Uh, and there was a quite a few very talented people that I came across in my time at Princeton. And one in particular stood out, and his name is Mini Bali. And he and I, he and I <clears throat> you know, we knew each other pretty well. We knew each other from around the computer science department and through the Princeton Entrepreneurship Club. And also, uh, I took this, this class in my senior year, actually the year after, he TA'd uh, the same class um, in the computer science department, and we got to know each other a variety of ways. Uh, and then actually afterwards, after I graduated and was living in the city for a little while, um, Maneeb and I bumped into each other, and we just kept bumping into each other over and over again. And it just... Destiny. Destiny. I know, right? Beautiful. <laughs> and, really and, beautiful. And it, it just made sense for us to, you know, we were getting drinks and we were talking about what we were up to and some of the stuff that we were interested in. And we said, hey, why don't we, we have a lot of things that where we're aligned. Uh, why don't we just start a company together and we can experiment and we can figure it out and, and do something that really, um, that really excites the both of us. And so we decided to actually just start working together before we had any particular direction we said let's get the team right first before anything mm. Mm. so as far as like the team and getting the team right who who's uh who's currently on the team right now is it a large team yet yeah so we have uh we have about six people now so mm. that's Muneeb and myself and we have uh Jude Nelson we have Guy Lepage we have Larry Salibra we have Patrick uh we have uh few other people who um, we're, we're working to bring on. So we have a pretty um, a pretty quickly growing team. And uh, it's, you know, it's still still pretty small, but we just raised um, another round of funding. Yeah. Or 
or earlier this year. And uh, it's did you disclose that amount? Yeah. Um, yeah, well, yeah, we disclosed that. We did an announcement uh, January 6th, I believe. Okay. And uh, that was $4 million from Union Square Ventures, from mm -hmm. Lux Capital, from Naval Ravikant, and uh, our other pre existing investors and some other investors who jumped on board. Um, Very impressive. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, so that's, that's very exciting for us. You know, we lets us get to the next level in terms of, uh, in, in terms of development, in terms of our team. Um, yeah. So you had like, it's clear that you come from an academic standpoint and you have, especially in the CS like area, you have a, probably a, quite a grasp of how distributed systems works and the traditional stack associated with it. My background is actually in like high performance parallelization just like scientific computing and nice. that's what led me into being fascinated with this technology is it a similar story like your background in distributed computing led you into the fascination of how like the back end of this technology works and then you do as everyone says fell down the rabbit hole <laughs> uh yeah i mean this was we actually came at this from multiple angles so uh so Maneeb actually, while he was at Princeton, he was taking a course where he was assigned a the Bitcoin white paper uh, as one of the readings, and uh, he went over, he read it, he was he's, he marked it as like somewhat interesting, but he didn't really get too deep into it at the time. This is um, something like 2010, I believe, and uh, also around the same time. A, um, a friend of mine who I was going to school with and also a person uh, he was telling me about this crazy new currency that's not uh, issued by anyone that's not run by any organization and uh, and was telling me to look more into it uh, also I didn't go too deep into that either I kind of did some research and, and figured out what I could but didn't didn't actually take the plunge and then some years later, this is in 2013, a friend of mine, Jonathan Silverman, got me, you know, he, he actually works at Bitcoin right now, um, very great guy, uh, he was so excited about Bitcoin, uh, this is, I guess, uh, this is right after the Cyprus happening, mm. and we were talking a bunch, we were actually working out of the same office for a little while and he'd been in Bitcoin for I think a couple of years at the time and had been pretty deep into it and he just kept talking about it and talking about it and talking about it and the level of exposure that I had gotten at that point was just so high that I just couldn't not go deeper and uh, you know at the time Maneeb and I we had we had started our company by that point and we were talking all the time and we were get both getting really, really excited off of that. So it was first, you know, Jonathan getting me excited and then Muneeb and I from our conversations together getting excited. And then that's that's one side of things, right? That's mm -hmm. how we started getting into Bitcoin. And then from another angle, we were working on this product and it was it was a networking tool. It was something where you could log in with your Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, your Gmail, and then it would it would 
merge all of your social graphs and figure out if you wanted to if you wanted to do sales or business development and you wanted to reach out to a particular person, this tool would help you find the strongest introduction path to that person. And we're working on that and one of we we kept bumping into problems in terms of the data access that we kept running into this this issue where the users wanted to give us this information and wanted to put it into the application, but the users were completely beholden to the companies that were housing their data. And they were, they had to, in a sense, get permission from those companies to release their own data to, to the applications that they wanted to use. And there's a lot of restrictions on that release. And so we saw this as, as a pretty big issue, both for developers and for users. And so that inspired our direction to start building a decentralized application platform. Now, when we started down this direction, we didn't actually think about the blockchain. We didn't think about using Bitcoin. We just thought, okay, we're going to build this decentralized application platform. What are the tools that we can use to build this? How can we actually make this, build this in a way where we don't need, we don't need, um, we, we don't need tightly controlled federations or any, any of that stuff. Uh, and, and so over time we started, it was actually not, not even that long, it was maybe a few weeks, but then we realized, wait a second, we can actually use the Bitcoin blockchain for this. We can build this system. We can actually build an MVP pretty quickly and build out a small component of the system and if we're if we're going to build a decentralized application platform, we can focus on just one layer. We can focus on the and we decided, hey, look, let's focus on the identity layer because that's uh that's something that we can tackle and and everything comes back to identity at the end. So we said, okay, let's build this decentralized identity system and let's build it using the Bitcoin blockchain. Turns out we made a slight change and ended up using the name coin blockchain because it provided us with naming. And uh, and lookups, uh, easy public. But you ultimately, you ultimately, of course, switch back. Yeah, then we switch back to Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so Bitcoin allowed us to fall in love. Namecoin gave us some great features that we really needed so that we could launch our MVP. Name. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, it's, it's still around, but it's just not. <laughs> I know, not but, but we all know recipes. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then we eventually, as you know, switched back to Bitcoin, but that's a spoiler alert. Um, so we oh, built that, we built that out and we built out the first product, our first product, which is one name.com. And that's the system where you could, for the first time, I, I was so, so excited. Yeah. I signed up for that like right away. I was like, this is so awesome. Oh, hell yeah. I know. I mean, I remember the energy at the time when we launched it because it was actually the first, uh, it was the first application that was non-financial where you could own something on the blockchain, right? It was that mm -hmm. first like real. Feel right. Like, yeah, exactly. It was a real application. It wasn't just like, okay, you have these colored coins, whatever, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't anything like that. It was a real application. You could register a name, fill out a profile. You completely controlled it because you controlled the private keys. Only you could sign the data uh, that would 
update your profile and you could fill out your your profile with a uh, with information that was um, you, that you wanted to make sure it couldn't be tampered with so for example in a good good example of this was people would put their Bitcoin addresses in their profiles mm -hmm. and then say hey you can pay me you know if you have like at Steve McKee you could say just hey pay me at Steve McKee and then someone could go to oneame.com or you go to one of the wallets that was using our identity system and could just make a simple and quick payment mm -hmm. so that was that was one use case but the, you know the, the the core thing is just building out this this decentralized identity system where users are in control and using that as a jumping off point to build out other layers other components of a full-fledged decentralized application platform and fast forward to today of course we have uh, we have other layers we have identity we have authentication naming and storage uh, and and of course payments through Bitcoin and uh, and we have all these layers that work together and developers can plug in to all of them and build a decentralized application extremely simply and extremely quickly man that's a that's a that's a hell of a story to go from kind of <laughs> to, to start from all of that not knowing where you're gonna go to build like slowly building what you saw as what was needed centralized aspect of of the internet and then using the technology Absolutely. that was available to leverage that idea as opposed to trying to find a problem for the solution that is blockchain that a lot of people have have come at this space from come at it from somewhat of a, of, a, of the opposite approach which is a lot of people's minds especially as you've seen from your success a lot of venture capitalists minds is, is you have a, mm. you, you're solving a real problem and using the technology that's right for it and you know, distributed technologies such as you know, different blockchains are right for it that's kind of the the, the the better way of approaching the situation yeah i think that's that's absolutely right yeah i i think it might be problematic or more difficult to go in if you're in if you go into the blockchain space and then you think wow this is an amazing technology what can i use this for i'm I, I, it definitely can work i just believe that it is harder to start with a tool or an innovation and work towards a problem that you can solve mm -hmm. whereas in our case, we started with this ideological motivation. We started with uh, problems that we were facing as developers <coughs> and problems that we saw uh, as uh, as users and on behalf of our users. And we thought that we could actually bring a much better uh, online internet experience to both developers and consumers if we could build out a system where they would be both be in control and where they would have a very strong relationship with one another and where there wouldn't be platform login or any sense of a, uh, a digital modern digital feudalism right where only a few large corporations have enormous control over the entire internet and where a few large corporations harvest and store our data and we are completely beholden to them uh, in order to do the things that we want to do on a daily basis. We hear a lot of this, especially in the Ethereum community, the idea of decentralizing the internet, building a serverless internet. And that's kind of right smack center at you when you come on your uh, your website. 
it's the, the goal is to get rid of centralized servers and have it such that the people own their own information and don't require a service to verify, to authenticate who they are for them. Where are we in this, in this goal? Um, we see the development of Ethereum and, and the kind of their, their three-legged approach of dealing with it. And where, where are you guys and how far, like, where do you see this happening or how, how, how long is this going to take? Well, I think it will, I think it will take some time. I mean, well, it depends. There will be, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a hard question. I mean, there will be plenty of milestones, right? There are lots of early successes that we've already seen and will continue to see. Uh, but of course, it'll take a long time for it to hit, hit mainstream. And I think just like the internet did, right? Uh, from my view, the more moving parts you have, the more interdependency between players, the more gaps there are between prior systems and new systems, the longer something will take to adopt. Uh, so there, there is a challenge there in that if you're rethinking how something is done, then it will take longer than if you provide a gradual upgrade path, right? Um, incremental innovation can be easier to adopt than radical innovation. And without saying which, I mean, to, you can say to some extent that it's a radical change if you're going to move from building your product according to the client-server model to building your product in a way that I like to call an app system a.k.a. a decentralized application. And when you're building it as an app system, you have to think of it in a way where you have, you have a protocol, you have a network, you have different clients that have the ability to communicate with one another. You're not actually building an application. The application that you see may just be a reference client to the entire app system. So if you're going to, if, if you look at email, if you look at BitTorrent, you look at Bitcoin, none of them are, I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't call them decentralized applications. I would call them application systems because they are complex interweavings of multiple pieces of software. There's a network, there's a protocol, and there are many different clients, many different applications that can all speak the same language and communicate with one another. It's, it's this, this idea of, you know, you've tokenized uh, a network protocol and yeah. anything you build on top of that network that has some type of functionality that people want grows the demand for the token that's used on that network. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what you're doing. The applications yeah. that are all built on the same network all speak the same language, which is that token, which makes the mm -hmm. token more coveted. Totally. There, you can build these application systems with tokens, and that's totally that's totally one option. And Bitcoin is perhaps the first notable example of this, and Ethereum is uh, is the second um, notable, at least. And but 
two of the other examples I gave, email and BitTorrent, they don't have their own tokens. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe they would be better with tokens because they can provide incentives for developers, incentives for participants in the network. So I'm not necessarily going to comment on which one's, which one's better or not, but I think you can build a decentralized application system in a way that does not require a token. Um, but going back to the, you know, where you're asking before about like how long this is going to take, what's the, what's the general path? Um, so we have, we, at least in our case, we have uh, these components built out already. We have identity, authentication, naming, storage, we have, you can download the Blockstack software today. You can, we have a bunch of developers that are building on top of us. You can go and register at one of several registrars for Blockstack names. There are 70,000 names that have been registered. They are, people are grabbing names that are really important to them, speculating on names. Um, people are getting their own free names through OneName.com. They are registering names in the command line interface. Uh, you can try out, see what the actual naming system looks like in the wild with integrations with other applications by checking out OpenBazaar if you want to download OpenBazaar and see what that's like. If you ever see a particular store in OpenBazaar and you see that handle, that's powered by Blockstack. Uh, so you can you can down you can also download the command line interface today. You can try it out. You can deposit bitcoins and then register a name to a Bitcoin address, and a particular Bitcoin address will own that name, and then you can tag it with your zone file information, uh, which will allow you to manage your manage your profile information, manage whatever other uh, information that you'd want to, to use. And then we actually have uh, the Blockstack Explorer, which is where you can go and it's kind of like a it is it is a fork of the Insight Bitcoin Block Explorer. So it's like a Bitcoin block explorer, but it brings you additional features. So you can go to look up a Bitcoin address and get all the names that are owned by it. You can look up a Bitcoin block and see all the names that were registered in the block. You and can, it also looks very nice. I just want to add that in there. Oh, I played with you. it and it's, it's also very sexy. Yeah. Um, shout out to Guy, because I'm sure he had some something to do yeah. with that. So good for him. It's Guy, Guy Lepage, yep. Guy, Guy Lepage. Oh, excuse me. I apologize. Uh, no worries. Uh, so yeah, and then and then you can also look up names and see other information about the names, like their Bitcoin addresses and um, and uh, and their data, their profile that's associated with them. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks thanks for the compliments on the product. But um, and then the ne the next thing that we're actually releasing is this Blockstack desktop application, where it comes with a full Blockstack node, and then it comes with this web portal where you can manage your identity and manage your storage and then log into applications. So we have, we have products you can use today. We have developers that are building on the platform. We have a bunch of products in the pipeline, a bunch of new uh, partnerships that we'll be um, announcing soon. And we have, you know, we're, we announced our partnership with Microsoft last year and they're one of our customers. So there's a lot going on and uh, it's, I really think that we look at what we've been able to provide developers to date, and we, we, we look at the insane levels of demand that we have been fielding for our, our entire system, where developers say, look, I want to I wanna add logging with Blockstack. I want my users to be able to bring in their identity. I want them to bring, to bring their own storage. 
we have tons and tons of applications that are waiting on the fully integrated package, uh, which will which will be released soon with our new our new desktop product. Uh, and uh, I think we can we can make a huge huge impact and actually enable an enormous amount of decentralized applications. Our goal is to make it significantly easier for people to build decentralized applications than to even build centralized applications. And uh, and we're we're getting there. Um, uh, the the cool thing is that you don't have to run servers, you don't have to run data, you don't have to have databases uh, that you need to maintain. You don't have to build out your identity management system. You don't have to build out payment systems. You don't have to worry about all these different things. You don't have to have a username system. None of this. Uh, and you can plug into the Blockstack JS library. You can drop it into your uh, your single page application, which is just HTML, JavaScript, and CSS. You can plug into that. You can use the API calls, and then you can uh, you can gain access. You can request access to the user's data when you authenticate, and you can, for example, get access to your to their photo stream. You can allow the user to upload photos. You can have the user sign data, whether that's signing a transaction or signing a document. You can have the user receive and send encrypted messages, encrypted files. You can interact with the user's Bitcoins. You have all of these additional capabilities and all of these capabilities are provided when you plug into Blockstack.js. So we're really trying to both make it simpler than existing applications and provide the ability for developers to build things that they never could have built before. So speaking of developers building cool things, uh, what's one of the most coolest things that anyone has created thus far? Because I, when, I, when I went to your talk in person, you know, I, you gave a few examples of like uh, what some apps could be like uh, with some of your demo apps. So I'm curious, has anyone like, you know, done anything like worthwhile? thus far? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So a lot of them, uh, a lot of really cool applications are in the works. Um, so one of my favorites, I mentioned Open Bazaar, which is built on top of us. Um, mm -hmm. So we have voting system that's being built. We have this uh, the system for actually tagging uh, tagging items in your town that need to be fixed. So it's like if you see a pothole in the street, you can uh, geotag it, and then someone else you can off you can offer a bounty for it, and then someone else can go in and claim the bounty by repairing the system. Mm. So. It's it's a peer-to-peer -peer mechanism for improving your town, and it can be expanded beyond that to uh, just be peer-to-peer -peer bounties in general, right? Uh, and then we have one group, actually a couple of groups, working on decentralized Twitters. So you can imagine uh, this, the equivalent of Twitter, but it runs completely client-side. There's no servers anywhere. Uh, when you build up your Twitter stream, it is only being loaded into your page uh, from your peers. Uh, and you can use for for larger if you, if you follow a large amount of people, you can have um, you can opt to use backend services that that do aggregation. But in the whole, you know, you have this ability to actually use uh, this this peer-to-peer -peer, uh, Twitter. So that's some of the ones I'm excited about. Um, I'm also excited about, uh, I, I really want to see some cool tools for, um, for package management, uh, as well as for funding of journalism. And so 
nothing too exciting in those areas yet, but I think I think we'll be able to see them soon. I got a, got a I guess an odd question that I'm sure you you've considered, but maybe not been on the forefront of your imagination. But since, like since this type of technology has value transfer and payments built into them, just baked into the protocol. Have you, is there any regulatory risks that you're aware of or thought about and actively seeking to reduce or, or, or like keeping your eye out for? Um, there are, there aren't, uh, I would say, I mean, I would say that, look, there are definitely regulatory risks. Um, but I would say that because we, I think because we do not handle anything at all, right? We are just providing software for consumers. Um, we're providing, you know, it's like people, people have their own Bitcoin wallets that, that they have on their devices. They have, um, they can have a copay wallet. They can have whatever wallet they want. Um, the fact that it's completely client side, that there's no intermediary, that there's no uh, custodian, that there's no um, no dependence on us at all, I think is a very important thing. Uh, it means that people can actually be their own um, be their own providers, watch their own money, um, and so there's a lot of a lot of risks and holes that we and many other like pretty much almost all of the other companies in the space that are like this um get to avoid so um, that's that's a really important i guess answer to this question that a lot of people don't realize or a lot of people who are weary to jump in because the regulatory space is so kind of not necessarily flushed out is that yes. like the trend of this of this technology is for the service provider to have zero knowledge, if you will, if you use the buzzword term, yeah, yeah. of their customer and not be a custodian of anything. So they're really not culpable of any of the issues that their customers might do. And I feel like that's kind of, that's lost on a lot of people. Absolutely, yeah. Do you feel any pressure from outside competing technologies like, you know, the ENS system that's currently being developed in Ethereum? Things like yeah, that, I mean, building these, these these services that are very similar, but on a on a different platform. Is there is it something that you yeah, and, you know, and I think one thing that was about that I found interesting about you guys is that you guys like you know you kind of you can operate on the Bitcoin blockchain, the the Zcash, like Zcash, Ethereum, like you know, like uh, so so how does that sort of like play in to these other systems that work on Ethereum? Like, could you be compatible with them in any sense? Yeah, so. Yeah, so there's a few things there. One, you mentioned that we we have designed our system in such a way that it is blockchain agnostic, right? So it can work with Bitcoin, it can work with Ethereum, it can work with Zcash, it can work with any of the federated blockchain systems in the space. Uh, it is designed that way because, well, it is designed that way for a variety of reasons. But one of the big reasons is that we are strongly of the belief that you should build on the, on the most secure blockchain by far, uh, and that is Bitcoin. And so you should build on the blockchain that is um, most, most battle-tested, the one that is most resilient to 51% attack, uh, that is most um, 
that has the most amount of testing, the most amount of um, the least amount of susceptibility to tampering and forking. I think these are all very important uh, qualities, right? And that is Bitcoin today by a large margin, but it might not be that in the future. And it's important for us to be able to build on the strongest blockchain of the day and to be able to move from one blockchain to another in the event that the strongest blockchain gets overtaken and, uh, and that, chain, that, that landscape changes because you, you should not be completely tied to the underlying blockchain uh, in, in our view. You should be able to have that migration path, so that's very important. And then the second thing is the fact that we can end up, even though that we, we follow this philosophy of building on top of the strongest blockchain, we understand that people will choose different blockchains and that we'll probably end up in a multi-blockchain world. And so it's important to be able to support the different developers on different chains and to be able to support the different systems in different chains. And so we have built it in a way that there's, there's these blockchain drivers. And so you can write any kind of driver for the blockchain that you'd want Blockstack to run on top of. And when you do that, then you, then you basically instantiate a new Blockstack universe. Uh, it's similar to creating a new top-level domain or namespace on ICANN and the ICANN domain name system where like a .com or a .net, et cetera. So if you, you can create a new one of these, then you've created your new world, your new namespace world uh, of Blockstack. Uh, now, uh, you mentioned that you're you recently partnered with Microsoft. Does, does this technology to kind of uh, choose the driver of the blockchain have anything to do with Bletchley and, and triplets? Uh, I am not super familiar with cripplets and Bletchley. I, I don't actually know there is, yeah. Project Bletchley is like a code name for something, but I don't know exactly. Well, there's all these like really their, weird names. It, it, like, it encompasses like, their entire blockchain space, if you will. I think okay. that's kind of their code name for Microsoft blockchain and you know, it's Microsoft. They can blame whatever they want. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not as, <laughs> as familiar with that. I mean, but we are, uh, we do we do interface with them on a lot of the decentralized identity stuff. That's that's more where we uh, to where we tie in. So we're working with with Microsoft on, on decentralized identity solutions. Um, I only ask because it's it's I mean it's kind of our job as people who survey the community to figure out what the, what the connections are and how they kind of fit together and what people yeah. are working on and kind of totally. where things are going and it's 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 getting really hard to parse if if you. Yeah, yeah. I think part of it's because there are organizations with multiple groups, and there's organizations with multiple partnerships, and there's there's kind of there's a lot of experimentation, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's some maybe some a lot of times there's not always a clear answer, um, or there's not a single thing that one entity is working on, um, and things change. But uh, we ha we have we have this partnership with Microsoft. We uh, are also are going to be working with some other large companies, but uh, at the end of the day, we really focus on the the small developer. We focus on uh, we are a first and foremost developer and user platform, and 
we have been focusing, we'll continue to focus on getting developers, helping developers to build their applications very, very simply and getting users to um, really bringing on board users that want to use these applications and getting developers who want to provide applications for these users. Well, well speak, speaking of these developers, um, would you, do you have any advice that you could give from like, you know, so you went to Princeton, obviously you had very impressive education. You and Maneev have been finessing and doing your things for quite some time. So like, what's some advice that you could give like other really curious developers and entrepreneurs that are like wanting to build something on top of Blockstack? Like how, how would you encourage them? I would say, I would say to think about, well, first in general, just think about what you're extremely passionate about and whatever you work on should be something that you actually really care about. Uh, because, and it, you know, it's easier said than done, right? But, but a lot of times you can, you can pick something, you can work on it and then you hit some roadblocks and then if it's not something that you're passionate about, you're not going to, you're not going to keep driving forward or you're not going to do what it takes to actually succeed. And the, the people who end up being successful tend to be the ones where they care about it enough and they enjoy it enough such that in the face of obstacles, they will consist to continue to persevere. So I'd say like that's first and foremost. And second is I would urge them to really think about this new model that we and others are pushing forward this new model of building applications where essentially rethinking the client server model. I would, I would push people to think about, Hey, does this actually make sense? Right? Is this something that I would want to do? Is this something where I would want to empower users? Is this something where I would want to work on a system? Where users are in control of their identity and data, trying to figure that out. And if that's the case, is this is there an application, or, or or is there an application that's particularly suited to this, or is what I'm working on or, or interested in particularly suited to this model? And thinking about, well, so yeah, I mean, I would I would say I would say a few things. There are there are either there are developers who are thinking, I want to build this. And then they're looking around for the best ways that they can build it. And then they come across Blockstack. That's one. And then two, there are developers who come across Blockstack and they think, here's a platform. What can I build? Or like, or maybe I should build on top of this. And so both are completely valid. And in both cases, I would just I would urge them to pick on to to work on something where they they really care about it, to work on something where it really makes sense for it to be built in a way that there's not necessarily any servers, and one where it can bring new capabilities to users because of this new model. So I like to think about applications where there is the need for signing, a need for encryption, a need for money, a need for uh, shared data between applications. So any four of those things are, or any applications that use one or more of those things 
are applications where it would be way harder to build without Blockstack, right? So you can think something, you can think of like, hey, one thing we think about is how can we enable a developer to build a DocuSign competitor in a few hundred lines of code, right? I think that's pretty remarkable. If we can, if we can get there, if we can help someone build a peer-to-peer -peer messaging app in a few hundred lines of code, mm. and you know, very simple one, of course, right? But th I think that is that is very powerful. If we can go go down and help people build these different applications. Also, another thing that I would really like, I mean, I, to to touch on is when you start building one of these applications, when you start thinking about this, you can have this, you can have this messaging application where it has the, it has the clients and then it has the protocols, right? And so you have that, you know, the messaging, peer-to-peer -peer messaging protocol, and then you have the, the messaging client. And someone can, so one developer can go out and build the, build the client. And they can either use an existing protocol or create their own. Um, let's say they just create their own and create a simple one. Then another developer can come along and say, hey, wait a second, I really like this. I want to build an alternative client and one that can talk to this existing application. So there is this new model where developers can look at existing applications and build alternatives and join their ecosystem. So a good example of this is you look at OpenBazaar. OpenBazaar, there's their reference application. You can download their desktop application. But then they also have this company, DuoSearch, that is building a web client for OpenBazaar. I think that's awesome. That's freaking awesome, right? Because what that means... Yeah, those guys want to come on the show. I think the, 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 node, the node one so they can run in the browser, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So I'll talk to those guys. They're going to come on. DuoSearch or... Oh yeah, the duo search guys who are going to be doing that node thing. Yeah, they're coming nice. on the show. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. So yeah, the, I mean, I think that's a good sign of a of a application system where you see more than one application developer building more than one client, right? And I would say that, that there are certain cases where if you see an existing app, if you see an existing client and existing protocol that's built on, um, consider building an alternative client instead of reinventing a new protocol. Uh, because you know, as as long as as long as you think it's of sufficient quality, but because it's all these applications are much more valuable when they can all talk to each other and the, when they're all in the same network and they can share data. A great example is. These different, all the different Bitcoin wallets, the fact that they're compatible has greatly, greatly led to the success of Bitcoin to date. And, uh, and that's the case with, of course, email clients, et cetera, et cetera. So that's just, that's my, that's my view on, on how to think about building these kinds of applications. Excellent. So thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for... Thanks for filling our minds on that. And so hopefully we can get some more developers to jump on your project and keep on building things because Absolutely. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's exciting because, you know, all these systems will, you know, 
uh, eventually be like you know seamlessly interoperable and so the the more people we can have in each camp the better um you know we'll see which one of these like you know end up ends up flourishing and doesn't you know does uh being the most well adopted i guess as far as like developers seeing which one they can depend on the most um so did, totally. did you want to did you want to leave us with anything else did you want to give us a shout out to i guess to any other like companies or anyone else who's like working on anything or uh, it's, it's a good chance to plug anything or if you want to leave the uh, the audience with anything oh yeah so i would say look out for the new products that we're releasing we're going to be releasing blockstack.js very soon we're going to be releasing the Blockstack desktop application for Mac OS initially. Mm-hmm. We're going to be releasing this uh, full application platform where you can not only use, not only plug in Blockstack.js, but also get your applications listed in the App Store. So Man, we, this, might, we might have to have a Blockstack.js, Bitcoin combined hackathon. Oh, we totally could do that. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. I'm into that. Yeah, Bitcoin's right. awesome. <laughs> um, so we should we should do that. And but I mean, look, we have all these exciting product launches coming out. So if you want to get updated on all this, if you want to join the Blockstack community, you should go to blockstack.org. And we have you can join our mailing list. Please, please join that because you'll get all these different uh, updates. And we have a Slack group with twenty five hundred members. We have meetup groups around the world with five thousand members. We have uh, a forum with where you with people asking questions and um, writing threads and writing posts on the forum and lots of activity. So you can join all these different communities and get involved and come in and ask us questions. Uh, if you have any any questions at all about building decentralized applications, about Blockstack, about how it works, about anything at all, uh, just come in and we'll be happy to help you. Uh, so we're, it's a very inviting community. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and we'll be sure to put we'll be we'll be sure to put links to like your Slack awesome. channels and all that stuff down in the bottom so they can click on that real quick. Um, excellent. Well, thank you very much, Ryan. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, thanks for filling our minds and like letting us know like so much. It was it was it was good to have like a quick deep dive and hopefully a lot of people found uh, some value here. And your uh, thanks for coming on the show, Ryan. And we'll hope we will have you back on soon once you guys have some more projects out there and stuff and have more stuff to uh, let us know about. Great. Thanks, man. All right. Talk to you later. This episode of Block Channel was brought to you by CryptoDex. CryptoDex specializes in marketing and consulting for individuals who are seeking to raise funds in the crypto space via token launch. Their service can assist with tokenization structures, marketing, and building long-term sustainable communities for your individual token. If you're interested in learning more, check out the links to their service in the show notes below. Devouring the obstacles in motion Wanna know the secret well, the sauce is my potion uh, I just gotta do what I gotta do I ain't gotta lie, I ain't mad at you We just wanna win in different avenues So please miss us with the attitude Please miss us with the attitude Yeah. Uh, we ain't gotta lie, just we ain't mad at you So please miss us with the attitude